That's the space that kids really appreciate. If they feel like they're being valued, if they feel like they're being listened to, and they're worth something. Because in the trauma that they're facing right now, it's it's mind-blowing. That's where the conversations are going to be important, is to really find out what's going on with them. And asking, not necessarily always questions, but engaging in extensions of conversation. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free Parenting Toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside. Hello, hello, Blissful Parents. Michelle Abraham, your host here today. Have I got an exciting guest for you? Not only is this guest the teeny genie, but I am so excited because I actually met her in person. We spoke together at Harvard last summer and excited to have her on the show today. So uh, let me introduce you to Elizabeth Bennett. Hello, Elizabeth. How are you doing? Hi, Michelle. I'm fabulous. And thank you for having me on your show. You are so welcome. So I called you the teeny genie, but it's actually the teen genie. <laughs> I kind of went, went, went one step further and called them teenies. I don't think they would appreciate that very much. Yeah, if probably I not. I'm a teeny, no. <laughs> but let me tell our parents a little bit more about you, Elizabeth. Other than being the teen genie, um, you help parents navigate the world of teenagers. With over 35 years of teaching, administration, coaching, you offer a unique blend of leadership, vision, and practical skills and strategies. So uh, just having get to know you a little bit on our trip over uh, a few months ago in the summer and seeing you speak, I know you have a wealth of knowledge and uh, such a love for teens. So how, why teens out of all the kids, the lovely little babies and the toddlers, they're so fun, but you pick the teens. And a lot of us parents are scared of those teens. So, <laughs> so why teens? That's you know, that's that's one of the reasons why I chose to speak of them. So you know, I absolutely love them. I love their piss and vinegar. I love their raging hormones. I love their, you know, defiance and their their attitude and behavior. And this one particularly. So I'll demonstrate it for you live so you can see it. And it's this one where you get the grade eight girls eye rolling. That is my favorite. I think they have it down to a fine science. And quite frankly, I think they've been practicing since they were in grade two. Now, I know that you know, there's lots going on. Kids are are moving at a fast pace, but they don't have the skills and strategies. And so this is an opportunity to be able to have conversation with them, but also let parents know what's going on for teenagers. Mm. 
Yeah. Cause you know, I feel like your, your experience in the education world and like working with teens so much has given you a different side of seeing the teens that then what mm. parents see at home, you know, you know, the, there's that saying that says, you know, we get the worst of it because they feel safe at home for those that do feel safe. I And it's like, I can see that. It's like, yeah, no wonder parents are freaked out of the teen years coming up because, uh, you know, if they're doing a good job and creating a safe space, they do get the worst of it. <laughs> and so I'm excited that you have, uh, you've written a book called Courageous Conversations, a guide to parents to understand and connect with their teen. And um, I really love how you take us from this chaos to conversation and I feel like this is like the missing piece for parents. I know as my kids are getting a little bit older, they're not into the teens yet, but preteens are, are creeping up there. I'm hoping as a parent that I can still understand and know how to connect with them and, and be, be there for them in, in the ways that they need us. So walk us through some ways that we can have those, um, understand, understand our teens a little bit better. Okay, well, just to back up a little tiny bit, I the the focus for me in the book was really about teens because mm-hmm. I re- you know that I'm really passionate about that. Having said that, though, the the background to the book and the strategies and the skills can be for someone who's even in kindergarten or grade one because don't you know it? They have big attitude there too, right? <laughs> it could be from that age right into the workplace because we need to be able to have courageous conversations, but we need to also know what's going on. And in some of that, you know, there needs to be a space where we become a little bit more vulnerable and say, you know, I noticed that you're looking like this, or I noticed that you've been sad lately or depressed, or, you know, we haven't had an opportunity to be able to talk. That might be a different way to be able to open a conversation rather than what it has been an example for me in terms of saying, so, you know, as a parent, I could say, so, hi, honey, how was your day? And you say, fine, right? One of the one of their favorite four letter F words. Right. So what'd you do today? Nothing. Well, what do you mean you did nothing, right? So the the parent and is just goes excited <laughs> and then escalated because you're not saying what you what I need for you to say, I, what I want to hear. And so, well, what do you mean you did nothing, right? And so they, you know, up goes the hoodie, in go the earbuds, out comes the cell phone, and away they go. And they're heartbroken because they feel that you haven't asked something that's important to them rather than just about how's your day, which is an outside thing. And you're standing there in this fit of rage or frustration or wherever you are with that, because now you're left alone and you're heartbroken too, because your question was meaningful for you. Like you, you know, you wanted to engage in it, but the piece about it was that it, it wasn't something that they, it, it it wasn't of importance to them. They wanted they wanted to have you ask something different. So, you know, being vulnerable as a parent and saying, look at, you know, we haven't had a conversation in a while, or uh, you know, I've noticed that your friends aren't coming by, or, you know, you always go down to your room and and I just want to be able to engage with you. So how is it that we can do that? 
Mm. right? So that you're inviting them into a conversation. And and it's not going to happen easily every time. Right. And it's not a magic cure. These are things that, that I'm trying to provide as pers- a, a different kind of perspective, a different kind of strategy or idea to try. And you might have to do it several times. And it might be something where you say, look it, I want to try something different with you. And be really honest about that. Because that's the space that kids really appreciate. If they feel like they're being valued, if they feel like they're being listened to, and they're worth something. Because in the trauma that they're facing right now, it's just, it, it's mind blowing. Because we have things like, you know, bullying is rampant, uh, social isolation, and a lot of it has to do with this, right? As good as this instrument is, it's also a space of social isolation because kids are looking to be valued somewhere in the world. Right. The likes, the interests, the whatever, or the the um, perfect virtual world is what draws them in. And, you know, uh, mental health concerns are through the roof. Now we know that, you know, that the latest statistic is that suicide is the second cause of death of teens. Kids as young as eight and nine are taking their lives. They've hardly been on this earth yeah. long enough. And so that's where the conversations are going to be important is to really find out what's going on with them and asking not necessarily always questions, but engaging in extensions of conversation. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. And when you say it, it makes perfect sense. And, and you know, it's just like, as parents to stop trying, I feel like stop trying so hard and just be a real, be real and have a real conversation. Mm. engaging. And I feel like parents kind of like, not sure what to say because they're moody and hormoning and whatever. So they're trying to tiptoe around and that comes across, like you said, not feeling like they're being valued. um, Or do you provide some ideas for questions for parents to engage in? Oh, yeah, I've got tons. How, how was your day? <laughs> what would you give us an example of one that you think would be better than like a how was your day going? Well, I mean, as the example from before, you know, I've noticed that mm. and and acknowledge something that you're seeing. Oh, they'll be pretty quick to tell you if you're wrong. Right. Yeah, so sure. they'll, it, I'm, you know, I'm not mad or I'm not whatever. Okay. So help me understand what's going on for you. Mm. Right. So there are different kinds of, and, and they're not eggshell things, but they're just um, being curiously engaged because that's part of, of one of the strategies that I talk about in, in terms of dedicated listening to be curiously engaged. Okay. So tell me more about what's going on. And the thing that's going to be a bit of a challenge in all of this is that we show up in a certain way. So for example, you know, we have, and I point behind me because that's our baggage, right? That's our past. That's where we've come from. And that kind of stuff shows up right here in front of us. Although we think we're, we're doing better or we think we're in a different place from our parents, our experience or so on. Some of that still shows up. And so the way we, the way we speak, the way we listen and the way we see things are through this filter. And so what we want to do is to be able to move that filter aside, move that judgment aside, and be able to acknowledge the way in which we show up. So if you're 
If your child typically hears you raise your voice or you're aggressive in your tone all the time, that is going to take a while for them to move into that trusting place with you if you want to try something different. But being able to acknowledge it as a parent and saying, you know what, in my reflection, I know that sometimes I'm, you know, I'm short tempered or I'm this or that. And, and, you know, and they can give an excuse or not. They can say because it's because of work or pressure or so on. But at least it's an acknowledgement of where you are as a parent and saying, I don't mean to be like that. Or, you know, or sometimes it's it's going to take some time for them to move through that space of of how they continually show up. And that's going to be the space of, you know, moving it for moving it away and opening up and being vulnerable and saying, I'd like to try something different. Will you work with me? It sounds so like it sounds just so natural when you say it in those ways. And I think uh, just reflecting back on some of our own, my own parenting experiences in our household, I think that humility as a parent and that, um, you know, admitting that you're not, you're not sure how to handle something or you're not, you're not, you know, um, the need to be perfect and right and in, you know, ha- having mm-hmm. control of a situation kind of thing. I think that there's such power in that. And I feel like as kids get a little bit older, they respect that a lot more from parents if parents can just be uh, on the same page as them and on the same level and just say, I just, I don't know what the answer is to this situation. I'm not sure how we're going to handle it. Do you find that that rings true? And let's look at it together, right? So that's a, that's a welcoming space to be able to work through that together. So let's sit on, you know, if, and, and some things that have happened recently with um with kids who are are looking they're not sure about their identity they're not sure about their gender you know i mean those are current and current and topical right okay well let's sit down and look at some sites together let let's look on the internet let's gather some information let's see if there are things that we can do to work together and then you know, if we need to go to a therapist, if we need to go and see somebody else for for additional support or additional mm-hmm. answers, let's go together to do that, right? So, but the the space about it is that it it's a delicate balance because you don't want to be in a position as a parent to be their best friend when they're fifteen or twelve. They need guidelines and they need boundaries. And they also need that safety about knowing that you're not going to bring it back at them at a later date or that you're going to, you know, shift that around in an angry moment and use it against them because that's not going to work. But being able to say, let's walk alongside and let's do this together, because that's what I also do as a coach Mm -hmm. is to be able to walk alongside parents and say, Okay, well, let's try something different. Let's try something new. Let me hear what what you have tried and the kinds of things that have worked or haven't. And let's see if we can try something else. Try, you know, put on a different code or put on, you know, so that it's an opportunity to to expand on your own strategies. Mm, that's fantastic. Uh, and I appreciate that approach too, because you're 
not just coaching uh, the parent as to what to say to their teens, but you're also coaching the parent on, on their on their personal development as well. So right. When you're working with uh, families, are you working with both the teen and the parents and and them together, or how does how do you work with people? Well, I I do a combination of all of those things, and I think that just depends on what the family would like to do. So, as an example. I just finished working with a teen a short time ago and because I have a I have a coaching program for parents that's 90 days to connection. That's what it's called. And so we meet a couple of times during each month. We talk about strategies and so on. It's 90 days for them. It's only 30 for a teen. In (laughs) fact, it probably even I could probably even shorten that to 15 days. But because kids you get it, we're slower learners as parents, <laughs> um, just more developed, right? So yeah. that there's more, there's there are more layers right. and more experience that you've been through through the years where kids don't necessarily have that. But in my work with teens, I have conversation with them about here's what your parents are trying to do. Here's their background and their understanding and. Their focus about wanting to keep you safe, wanting to do good things, you know, having, doing all these things. So you need to understand the the pressures and the stresses and whatever's going on for the parent so that you get a chance to understand where they're coming from, right? Because typically um, kids will just see what's in front of them. They'll just see you face value. They'll see how you respond or how you react or so on. And then what I do with parents is I have a similar kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. A little bit of it is about them and their background and so on. And this is not necessarily a therapy thing, but simply for them to recognize the kinds of things that have gone on in their life Mm -hmm. and how that's showing up in front of them when they have conversation, either with their teens or with with people at work or with their little ones or so on, or even in their interaction with their their spouse or their partner or friends and family. They need to know how they show up. And so those are com- conversations. Then I have a, a another program that I'm going to try and do in a local environment because I want it to be live. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an intensive program where I actually work with a family right like right now for uh, a three-day event. And that's really, you know, doing some listening skills, doing some interactive activities and so on. So that if they wanted, you know, to at least get started and do something different, like right now, because they might be in a crisis or, like an they're, seeing, <laughs> or they're seeing that it's going down that road, right. then, you know, we could do something right away. Yeah. What a great, what a great idea for a service. Yeah. I think that's so uh, so much needed because sometimes, you know, you have, you say, for example, a suicidal kid and, you know, you don't know how much time you got. So now is like now yeah. is when you need to look, you know, work on something. Yeah, so powerful. Um, where do you see uh, parents making the biggest mistakes? Hmm. Everywhere. I think- sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I, I want to acknowledge parents for where they are right now, mm-hmm. where where they are, the experiences that they've had, the stresses that have gone on in their life. And, you know, certainly in these past three years with the changes with COVID and, you know, working at home and maybe 
having your kids at home with you too and trying to balance all that. And then, you know, now we're getting back into, or we're moving forward into a new space and place. And how does that work? And getting kids to activities and so on. Parents are doing the best they can with what they know at the moment. Because as you know, there were really, there, there isn't a manual that comes as a, you know, to, to live your life as a parent. And there certainly aren't, well, they're beginning to create more manuals for how to deal with kids, but you know, certification (laughs) for us as they're born, that would be helpful. Are you a certified parent yet or not? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're beginning to have some of those programs, but I think, I think the, the, the piece about it is it's not so much, it's not so much mistakes. It's just not knowing. Mm. how to be able to do some of the things. And this is not a good or a bad thing. This is, it's yeah. not remotely judgment. I, that, that is not my space, but the, the place where we want to try new things or we want to help parents move through things. So one of them might be their connection. And for those, for those families who have kids that go to school, mm-hmm. right? Because I know that there are a variety of, Uh, places and spaces, there's homeschooling and so on. But even with that, it's about having a connection with the school and being a partner because schools aren't against parents. They're they're trying their best to welcome parents and to be able to work alongside so that they're all creating a positive learning environment, whether it's at home or at school, for kids to, to learn and thrive and grow. And even, you know, with with parents who do homeschooling, I mean, there are associations and those places and spaces, again, should be a collaborative unit mm-hmm. because they're working for the intention of having students be successful, whatever that looks like. Right. So those are are places that are not necessarily mistakes. But I think sometimes like certainly with parents that I have worked with in the school setting, they're coming in and they are embarrassed or they're shy or they're nervous or so on because they don't want to let people know that they don't know whatever it is that they think that they're supposed to know. And that's not the, that's not the space for me. I just welcome them in. I want to know what's going on so that we can help support them. Mm. Yeah. And just not, they don't need to feel bad about it or anything. No. You know, you don't know what you don't know sometimes and you're there to help. And I think that's important to know where to get that support from. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, Yeah. It's like, and I'm sure in your work, you you know, parents are all different, like personal development stages themselves. Kids are at all sorts of different things. There's so many external things happening, especially the last few years. Can you just speak to the last few years and specifically like with teens, like I know they've gone through some hard times with the, you know, COVID and the social stuff and the schools and then mental yeah. health. Um, how can we best support uh, our teens um, right now? Well, the best way to be able to do that is obviously having courageous conversations mm-hmm. because there have been so much that's gone on for them. So, you know, I was certainly in the height of it, too having been in a school during COVID. Mm. And so, you know, part of that was kids were separated from their friends. They didn't have anywhere to go. They were really, truly, I mean, we were all trapped at home, right? And in some cases, some families grew from that experience. 
because they had more genuine and focused time with their kids to be able to play games, to have conversation, to spend that time together. In some places and spaces and some family units, it wasn't a safe space for them. And so, you know, they needed to hide either with games or with activities or so on, because for any number of reasons, there could have been challenges. So that could be, you know, mental health challenges. It could have been alcoholism or any any kind of, I mean, you know, those lists go on and on too. Exactly. Yeah. So as as we're moving through and into this new space, mm-hmm. it's important for us to be able to have some of those conversations and say, okay, let's move together. Let's let's build some of your resilience again because it would have dissipated there. It would have disappeared because there wasn't anything to work with. So let's look and see, you know, how does it feel for you when you go to school? What does it look like when you show up there? What kinds of things are are concerns for you? Like, help me understand what that looks like in your day. When you go to class, you know, do you sit in the front or the back? What What kinds of things are going on so that I have a better picture of how I can help support you? Oh, that's a good idea. I like that, what you're just saying, like how getting them to describe it in their own words. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had parent-teacher interviews yesterday, and um, my my oldest is in grade five. And when I went into the classroom, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you sat at the back of the room. Interesting. How is that for you? It was just not something that I had thought of to ask him, where where in the class yeah. do, you, do you sit? So uh, yeah, it's interesting to have them walk you through it from their, from their point of view, too. Uh, well, and, and even to look at things like, you know, when kids say, because as you know, this, this whole topic of bullying is, is a massive umbrella and everything underneath that is, you know, my kids being bullied or I'm being bullied. Okay. So help me understand what that looks like for you. Yeah. What's going on that specifically that you see is a, a bullying kind of thing, because Everything is in there and it's it's not clear. And mm-hmm. um, and and so one of the questions that I have parents ask and and I even do it for myself. So if I'm having a conversation with you and I don't understand something or you're looking at me in a certain kind of way and that gives me the impression that you're bullying me. OK, help me understand what that means. So what are you making it mean? When somebody looks at you like that in the classroom. And that's a question that a parent can ask. Yeah. Or if they're having a conversation with their teen and the teen says something to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are you making it mean? Mm-hmm. And so then that way you're you're peeling apart that feeling to get right to the core so that you have a better understanding. And then you're able to help them. Okay, well, let's look at it. Let's see what we can do to help you come up with a different kind of strategy the next time you see that person or, or whatever the situation is. We had a conversation in the parent-teacher interview yesterday. It was, uh, it was just a general conversation about how there was a situation in the classroom, not involving my son, but about bullying in the classroom. And the teacher said, well, when we got to the bottom of it, actually, it wasn't bullying. It was a misunderstanding of social cues. And so just exactly what you're saying too, like finding out what it means and how they're interpreting it, I think is really 
important too because the whole mm-hmm. you, know, you can it, there's like that's like with a lot of the words these days you can throw it out there like that's bullying or that's racist or that's you know without yeah. really understanding what what how they're interpreting it so that's really great advice well and then the other piece too is what do we do with messaging and when we're sending messages to each other on our cell phone or you're getting it in an email or so on. I mean, you're not there. You're only simply reading the words that are in the text or in the email. Yeah. And misinterpreted. <laughs> it's easy to do it, right? And and sometimes it's unintentional and others, you know, it creates a space of anger or frustration. And that's the time where you need to step back and and really truly take a breath and say, what am I making this mean? And then taking some time not to, because that was always something that I that I suggested to teachers and sometimes to parents when I had conversation with them is don't answer that right away. Give it some time, a 12 hour, 24 hours before you respond so that you're not in the the energy of that anger or that frustration or so on, because you know what it's like. We And we do it from time to time when we say something that we really don't mean because we're saying it in anger. Yeah. And the same could be said, even in a live conversation, right? If you've said something that triggers me or, you know, or a parent is saying something to a child and so on, sometimes it's it's necessary to say, you know what, I think we need to take a break from this for a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'll go away and I'll take a breath and I'll get a coffee or tea or whatever and, you know, go to the bathroom or go do something for a few minutes and we'll come back when we're clear and we're calm. Mm, Such a good idea. So many great ideas. Uh, I love the idea from Chaos to Conversation. And um, your book, Courageous Conversations, uh, share with us how we can find out how we can how we can get our hands on it and get a hold of it. <laughs> well, it's on all of the major social spaces and places. So you can get it at Amazon and it's Kindle and it's um, Barnes and Noble and a variety of other places. Awesome. And we will definitely link that in the show notes. Now you have something else that you want to share with the audience um, that you have and have as a gift. Yes, um, I have a free gift for audience, which is um, like tips and tricks and a little bit of just a scenario for them to understand a little bit more about, you know, how they're showing up in that conversation and what maybe they can do a little bit differently. So they can reach, they can find that at www.courageous-parents.com. And it's it's free of charge. And I'm trying to make more things and be in more places and spaces so people can pick up tidbits. But for right now, that's what I have to offer you, Michelle. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. And for our parents that just want to reach out to you with that, okay, we can put your contact information in the show notes as well. You bet. I'd be delighted to do that because, you know, I just, my, my, job at this point in my life is to be able to help families to reconnect and establish powerful and loving connections with each other. Because you know what? Busy and busy and busy and busy is always going to be there. And our kids might not be. Oh, wow. Yeah. Powerful. And I can tell you're really passionate about it. And so I want to thank you for spending some time with us today. 
I really appreciate what you're sharing with us. And uh, Blissful Parents, make sure you go out there and connect with Elizabeth. And we'll make sure we uh, put all that in the show notes. And really, if you're struggling, reach out and get some support and get some help and, and do that before it's too late. Yeah. Any, any last words for our parents, Elizabeth? You know what? Parents, you're doing a fabulous job. If you need help, just like Michelle is saying, I'd be delighted to work with you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for having me on your show today, Michelle. I so appreciate it. You are so welcome. Thanks for joining us. Blissful parents, go ahead and connect with Elizabeth. Go find out more information about her. Go grab her free gift and go out there and have a blissful parenting experience this week. All right. Until next time, guys, go out there and have fun. See you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free Parenting Toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside.